Phoenix Nesty Podcast, where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade. Uh, but before we get into the book, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media. You can find us at Pod on Instagram and Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at the, the phoenixnestpod at gmail.com. The links to all of our social media can be found in the description along with a link to our Goodreads and our favorite uh, local independent bookstore, Mostly Books. Uh, so let's get into the book. Kat, how did you feel? Um, I was unsure to okay. start with. Okay. Mostly because I don't do a lot of online things in general. You don't. I don't. I got rid of my Facebook um, over a year ago now. It's, I do not miss it. It feels longer than that. Uh, it could very well be. I think it was just like last summer, like summer 2019. I was like, get rid of this. And then I like just stayed off of it. Like I meant for it to be a break. And then it ended up being more permanent. And I'm kind of glad I was off of it for 2020 because it's been... A shit show. It's just so difficult. And I feel like I don't need that. You're down. So I have Instagram. Um, you have a Twitter. I do, but I don't even you go on Twitter anymore. Don't even use it. Um, if I'm sending you anything from Twitter, I'll just direct message to your like phone number. Yeah, I have, like, I'm on Twitch, but not to do anything or, like, Discord or whatever. Yeah. Not to do anything, like they just exist. If social media yeah. is it, I think I'm on it. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Discord. Not Snapchat, because Snapchat is bullshit. I got rid of my Snapchat a long time ago because they started doing the best friends thing. And it was like weirdly anxiety inducing. And so I was like, I can't do this. And I hate when I can see that someone has read a message and not responded. <laughs> to me, it bothers me so much. And Literally every platform has that now. And I'm like, okay, but why? <laughs> it makes me feel bad because, like, I have my read receipts on my phone. Yeah. And sometimes, like, when you check on your Apple Watch, because Kat just got an Apple Watch, I'm going to explain it. If you check on your Apple Watch, it shows as read. Yeah, which makes sense because I did read it. Then I know. panic because I know I read it. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't respond. <laughs> oh. See, and, like... I don't know if it's just, like, a level of friendship thing or what, but, like, when you don't respond, you're like, well, just because that work or whatever. <laughs> but, like, other people, I'm like, uh, rude. So, I don't know. I turn off my red receipts, especially for work stuff. I mean, that's fair. Because I feel like I don't want people to know I'm ignoring them versus I don't have time to read your message. I... Because I'm, like, weird busy. I feel like in our group, like, we fully understand... Yeah. Like, we're busy. Like, I know you are at work. You fucking teach. I can't guarantee that I'm going to get a message back there from you There are days where I look at my phone right before I start teaching and then never again. And I'm like, oh, crap. People have been texting <laughs> me. I just, I mean, when, then we have the group chat. And the group chat isn't always all three of us talking. Sometimes it's just you and I in the group chat for your sister to yeah. find later. And that's fine. And it's just how it is. And I'm st- I don't know. I'm, I'm a lot less offended when I don't get a response most of the time now compared to, like, a couple years ago. From like, I like, used to just be like, why are you ignoring me? That's so rude. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, I don't even care anymore. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> just a little apathy to start our, let's our podcast just, let's today. Let's get into that. Um, so let's talk. Uh, do you want to read the description for Spoiler Alert? Oh, sure. Okay. All right, um, let's see. Marcus Kasparov has a secret. The world may know him as Aeneas, star of the biggest show on television, but fan fiction readers call him something else. Book, Aeneas would never. Marcus releases his frustrations with the show by writing and posting anonymous stories about the internet's favorite couple, Aeneas and Lavinia. But if anyone were to discover his online persona, he'd be finished in Hollywood. April Whittier has secrets of her own. A hardcore Lavinia fan, she's long hidden her fanfic and cosplay hobbies from her real life, but not anymore. When she dares to post her latest costume creation on Twitter, her plus-size take goes viral. And when Marcus asks her out to spite her internet critics, truth officially becomes stranger than fanfiction. On their date, Marcus quickly realizes he wants more from April. Oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> in a one-time publicity stunt. 
But when he discovers she's unapologetic Lavinia Stan, his closest phantom friend, he has one more huge secret to keep from her. With love and Marcus's career on the line, can Marcus and April stop hiding once and for all, or will a match made in fandom end up prematurely canceled? Okay. I cannot explain to you my <laughs> absolute love and affection for this book. It was a really good read. It was really sweet. Yes. A lot more sweet than I expected it to be. Okay. I don't... Okay, I will say I don't understand why a lot of characters smell like roses in... I think that's supposed to be romantic, but I'm sorry. If you ever smell rose-scented perfume, it's not very good. Okay. Am I the only one who, when they smell roses, they think of President Snow in The Hunger Games? Yes, you are the only one. <laughs> because I'm like, that's a sign of evil. <laughs> I just... I think it's supposed to be, like, this symbolic romantic thing. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, what's the other one people is smell like? Sandalwood. Strawberries or peaches, I think, are high up there, too. Ew, I don't like the smell of either of those things. I use apple shampoo... Someone at Target today smelled like freshly baked cookies. See, I also don't want to smell like a baked good. Like legitimately like freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. Not even like the artificial shit. That's weird. And it was really even stranger because I could smell it through my mask. Oh, that's, that is weird. Yeah. No, I just, I, I don't know. I like coconut and stuff, but I don't think, like, I'm not a floral person. I just never have it. Wow. I love it. One day we're going to have like a studio or like a room that doesn't have like (laughs) the sound of fucking cars going by. I mean, that would probably help. But whatever. But I digress. Um, Until then. That was just like a small thing that stood out to me because I feel like it's often. Okay. That our heroines are floral scented and I don't get it. I get it, but I don't. Yeah. So... A little bit about it. I mean, Kat just read the description, but we need to go into a little bit more. So, her picture goes viral. She's finally, April's finally decided that she's going to start living her truth. She's not going to hide in the shadows any longer. She's unapologetic Lavinia Stamp. That's who she is. And um, her picture goes viral, and someone on Twitter, a couple of nasty dudes are on Twitter talking mad shit about her being fat. And Marcus... It's supposed to happen just, like, in normal life. In normal life, yeah. I don't understand why people feel the need to tell people to not be fat. It's not your decision. I don't think it helps them. It doesn't. I just realized you're wearing an RBG shirt. Yeah! (laughs) It's amazing. It's my notorious RBG shirt. It's the best. Um, So, anyways, Marcus decides that he's going to step in on Twitter, and he asks her out to dinner. To, like, show him. To show him, like... It starts out that way. He's like, these people are being kind of assholes, and I want to show that I'm not that person because he's worked so hard to make this persona of Marcus Castor up where he... (laughs) Where he's kind of a D-bag. He's... I would say he's, like, a bro, except he's almost 40, and that's weird. Yeah. But he is kind of, like, supposed to be... He calls it being a puppy, but he's, like, a people pleaser, and he is just, like, he just, all about looks and not content. He's very vapid and, um, in that. Um, so it's something where he's, like, I'm going to show them, because this is really annoying, like, I'm going to show them that it's not, I'm not that shallow. Yeah. Because even though he has, like, cultivated this, like, outward appearance, on the inside he's having like, this massive battle of, like, I'm not really that asshole. Yeah, and, and that's pretty difficult for him, so... April agrees to go to this dinner, and she's like, I'm not even, like, his biggest fan. Like, (laughs) she's like, his character is, like, not true to the story. I prefer... She's like, I prefer, what's his name? Alex is the friend? Is that right? Cupid! Yes. Yeah. She She prefers him, but she's like, I'll go, it's fine. And they go on this dinner, and she finally just tells him, listen, I don't think I could ever go on another date with you because I write fan fiction about your character, and I don't know that I'd be able to differentiate between the two. I think it would be weird. And he's like, oh, you write fan fiction. She's like, please don't go read any of it. And he's like, what's your name? Kind of like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And she gives it to him, and he realizes, oh, shit, this is my online best friend. Of years. Of years. Yeah. And he doesn't say anything. 
as the story progresses, they get closer and closer. They, you know, they start dating. She lets down a lot of her walls. He lets down a lot of his as well. Um, and that's kind of how the story progresses until we get to the end, and we'll discuss all of that here in a bit. Um, Have you ever had an online friend? Like, I guess this would be, if this was the 90s, it would be pen pals, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, it's like the same thing. Yeah. But, like, you rate each other back and forth and, like, help each other with stuff. But, like, it's completely, ooh, oh, no, I hit the thing. It's 100% online. Like, it's never face-to-face. It's very, um, you got mail. Yeah. But on a fanfic server. Um, I've never been on a fanfic server. However, I have had online friends. And uh, those were back in my Tumblr days. Okay. Uh huh. A lot. Of I didn't have. People. Well, like I, I had a Tumblr. I don't know why though. I didn't. Again, I, I'm not a social media person. I not just at all. Don't have stuff. I don't know. But okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I have. Um, and then I got rid of Tumblr because Tumblr was bought out by Verizon. I think it was. It was when Verizon bought them. Because Yahoo had bought in Tumblr first, and then Verizon purchased them. And when that happened, they got rid of all of the uh, not-safe-for-work portion of it. And all I was the like, sexy parts of Tumblr? What's even the point of being on Tumblr? Like, what was even the point at that point? So I got I off. Know. People just have to ruin things. You couldn't even post a picture of a puppy without Tumblr flagging it as not-safe-for-work. And, like, removing the post. Why? Because their algorithms were fucked. Oh, they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what they were doing. I hear now Tumblr's better. I haven't ventured onto it. No, I haven't been Again. on Tumblr. I know a lot of people go through, like, Reddit because you can, like, do advice and you can mm-hmm. do rankings and you can do all these, like, articles and stuff. Reddit's phenomenal and I just um, found out my favorite subreddit is now a podcast. Oh, that's amazing. There's yeah, except one, that it scares me because it's called Let's Not Meet. Oh, uh, there's a bunch of, like, specific to teaching ones that people will send me and mm-hmm. I think they're funny, but I'm, like, never on Reddit. Love Reddit. Um, my sister and I are on it all the time. It's bad. I don't think I've ever had just, like, an online friend. I did have someone that I met through, oh, my God, this is so long ago, through Omegle. Oh, my God. That, well, before Omegle was creepy. Like, okay. okay, it's already been, like, base level of creepy because it's strangers. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, the the video roulette style oh, of Omegle of, like, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. And it was just, it was this guy from Hawaii. That's cool. And he would, like, tell me about life in Hawaii. And, like, that was kind of it. But then, like, that... I I was in, like... I have definitely had... um, So I have had fandom friends that were online. Um, I have some people that I would consider, like, acquaintances on Twitter that are fandom friends. Um, I mean, I've had them. They're there. Unfortunately, when I left Tumblr at that point, a lot of the people that I was friends with on Tumblr had left as well. So we lost contact. But... It is what it is. Um, so before we get into, like, the whole fucking list, let's talk about the fact that these are probably the oldest characters that we've ever read in a romance. Yeah, which I think is okay, because I I have age issues. Not yeah. as, I would say not as much in real life, but, but sometimes in real life. Like, I had this debate with my students where they're talking about how, like, why can't kids just, like, marry who they love? And I was like, because you're 12. And you can't make that decision. you have a very small realm of, like, experiences, and that's creepy. Like, Mm -hmm. if someone who's 20 is talking to someone who's 13, that's gross, because that's a seven-year difference, and they've had a lot more life experience. It's all about life experience, right? And they're like, well, but then once you're, like, 21 and you want to, like, marry someone who's, like, 28, I was like, yeah, that's fine. Because you're both adults, and you've assumed to have life experience. You've gained, <laughs> like, you've gained life experience. It was yeah. just a whole debate that we had to have, and I was like, I don't feel like I should have to explain this to you guys, because they have doing the age is just a number thing, which sometimes is true. Age is just a number when you've hit adulthood and you've experienced life. Well, and my, I still contend that my thing about, like, being with someone who's, like, a decade older or younger than you is, what do you have in common? legitimately, what do you have in common? If it's just that, like, you have all the same hobbies, that's a legitimate thing, and that's where you would bond. But if it's just, like, I met a random 55-year-old person and decided I wanted to marry them, like, what do I have in common with them? That's always, like, a thing that I think people forget. And this one, this one, too, is, it's not so much an age difference thing, because I think your problem is, like, an age difference thing. 
Because, like, when we, oh, talk yeah. about, when we talk about my ex-boyfriend, who was 13 years older than I am. Still weird. <laughs> we had no nothing in common. I'm coming to the realization that I was groomed. Shit was bad. Shit just didn't make sense with that. And I he's the one that I've blocked and I don't talk to. Right. Fuck that guy. But with this one is, we've got a couple who are older than I am. Um, April is a year older than I am. She's 36. Marcus Castor-Rupp is almost 40. Yeah. It felt so much more relatable to me because they were closer in age to myself than when we read our romances where... When they're like 22. <laughs> they're, they're infants in our eyes kind yeah. of thing. So it was kind of... It was really nice to have... A couple that have the life experience. They were older. And it was nice, too, to see a couple who were okay with the fact that they were giant nerds for this TV show. I think that's something that has turned around a lot is the whole nerd thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, it was really uncool to be a nerd or a geek or whatever. Yep. And then throughout the 2010s, it's morphed into a lot of things, and partly because of just, like, our age group. Mm-hmm. Because our age group grew up with things that were just inherently nerdy. Pokemon. Yep. Naruto. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Star Wars. Oh, God. Um, like, just things that already had fandoms that then were renewed in the 2010s. Like, Star Trek. That's, like, got a whole new following now because of the movies. I was a massive nerd for those movies. But see what I mean? Like, like it's just, yeah. it's come up again. And so I think we're seeing that reflected in a lot of writing, a lot of, I mean, there's a fucking movie about chess out right now. What is that? Queen Gambit? Oh, that's a TV show. I don't watch it, clearly. But it's on <laughs> Netflix, so everything on Netflix to me is a movie, because I'm old. <laughs> um... <laughs> Which is funny because I'm not really that Welcome old. I just to, feel old. Welcome to your 30s. Everything um, goes downhill from here. Yeah, but it's nice to see people... Because what it, I think one of the most adorable things about any person in general is when you're kind of a nerd about something. And I see that because being a nerd about something is like a step back from being obsessed. Yeah. Because you can be a nerd about literally anything. You can be a nerd about basketball. Yeah. Or woodworking or cars, whatever. It yeah. doesn't have to be a classic fandom thing. But it's one of the things where someone tells you something, like, really specific that they really don't even tell. They love it. You're like, oh my god, you're such a nerd. But, like, not in a mean way. It sounds mean, but... I think, too, with our age group, we're coming to terms with the fact that people are more nerdy about the things that they love. Uh-huh. Because we're unabashedly in love with those things. Because I think that throughout, like the 90s, it wasn't cool to like things. Except Pokemon. I was in, like, third grade when that happened, so I didn't give a shit. (laughs) But, like, (laughs) but, like, I think that it's turned from, like, oh, you have to be too cool for all of this stuff, versus now it's, like, well, how else are you going to connect with people? Yeah. You have to find some way that you fit in and that has a fandom, essentially. Oh, my fandoms are... Insane, and I want to apologize now. Um, but it is nice. It is nice to be, you know, 35 and be in fandom culture and have people who are the same age that have the same interests. I mean, a lot of the people that I follow on Twitter are my age, and we're all giant fucking Marvel nerds, and I'm really sorry, but it's true. We are. Um, you know, I... My old coworker, boss man, your Biff, um, he's a massive supernatural nerd. It's funny because a lot of our other friends also have that same like thread of nerd yeah. running through them too. So, well, you bet you can't say much either because like your family are Star Wars nerds. Oh my god, and Star Trek and yeah, Harry Potter and I don't know. It's it's just that's the. the level of nerd kind of it, it varies yeah. depending on what your main interest is. Like mine is like insane stupid nerdy Marvel facts and then also Harry Potter and then Supernatural and right. then Doctor Who. Yeah. And I realized while reading this I texted you and was like I would 100% read these books and watch this TV show. Yeah, except it sounds like the TV show isn't very good. No, because they fucked it up, and that's okay, because Marcus Castor-Rupp is redoing it as a movie. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, at the end. At the end. But it's it's one of those things where I would 100% be in this fandom because it felt real. It felt okay. It felt like a better Game of Thrones. I'm going to say it. I don't like Game of Thrones that much. I've only seen one season. I have seen bits of it because my old roommate used to watch it. Mm-hmm. But he... We were staying in, like, a hotel in Denver, and he started it from the beginning again, and I was like, why, though? So I've watched parts of it, and I'm just, I'm not a fan. Somewhere in the deep depths of my Facebook is when I watched the very first season. I was told that I would like Game of Thrones because there are dragon and dragons and tits, and those are two things I really like. But there's not enough of them for that to be the the deciding factor. Dragons didn't even happen until the last 30 seconds. There's also a lot of implied rape and murder. It wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. It wasn't my thing. I'm very clearly more into superheroes and Greek and Roman gods, so we're going to go with that. By the way, when is someone going to create a TV show based on Greek mythology? Um, And can they always have their Roman counterpart trying to steal the limelight and just getting, like, the shit beat out of you? Have you heard that Percy Jackson and the Lightning Faith is getting a redo on Disney Plus? It needs one because the movies are shit. Rick Riordan hates the movies. Because they suck. They're shit. The books are good and then the movies are awful. Yeah, so they're getting So that's good. another issue, though, is like, so every year I teach Ender's Game uh-huh. to seven. This is, well, I shouldn't say Ender's. This is the third year, second year, whatever, that I'm teaching Ender's Game. And the book is so in-depth because it's working with Scott Card, and so it's like old-school writing. It's not all just like pow, pow, action. It's like It's so good. It's one of my favorites. And then I show them the movie, and there are multiple times in which the kids just turn and look at me and are like, why? (laughs) And I'm like, I know. But y'all wanted to watch it, right? And they're like, yeah, but why is it so different? And I'm like, I know. They took they took the the meat of the book and they tore it out and all you have are the title page, the end papers, and the cover of that fucking book. And then all the oh, actors within it are wrong. Yeah, they're awful. They're all wrong. And I'm like, but why? Who why? Anyways, our point is for my anecdote, sometimes the movie or television series version of something that you love is awful. Yeah. And this is a very good example of that within the book because they've created the fandom and they like referenced the actual books and the classic literature, mm-hmm. um, which would be difficult unless you are Wishbone the Dog from PBS. You cannot format classical literature for mass consumption very easily. No. Uh, Wishbone did that very well. Um, Wishbone was the shit. Wishbone was Aeneas. Yeah. Yeah. Which one was great? I love which one. And did you know you can't find it anywhere? What? You can purchase, like, one season of it off of PBS, but they don't have it for streaming. And I'm like, but it was so good. That's dumb. But And it was only one part of it, or whatever. But anyways. Okay. Yeah, so there's a big struggle with all of that. So my question to you, mm-hmm. have you ever read fan fiction? Not on purpose. <laughs> not on purpose? Not, well, because we talked about this, about Twilight versus fucking Christian Grey and all that shit. Yeah. And how it's essentially fan fiction upon fan fiction. Okay. So, I mean, there's that. I... I read it on purpose. I know you do. Like, a lot. So fucking much. I think it's hard for me to, to let characters not be characters that I think they are. Okay. that's a difficult thing. And often the point of fan fiction is that you've twisted a character or you've created an alternate universe for that character or storyline or whatever. You have AUs, you have a canon compliant, you have canon divergent. Right. You have all of those things. Right. You just have to find your niche, like where you want it to be. (laughs) Like, do you want canon compliant? Where the characters are, like, that is who the character is? Or are you okay going canon compliant? I will fucking read anything. See, and I have a problem with that, and I also have a problem with poorly written things. Because when there happen to be a lot of mistakes, and I know that it's an amateur writer, I get really frustrated. I mean, that's fair. And I want to be like, oh my god, let me edit this for you. Let me tell you. But, like, I... You asked me, like, last week, like... (laughs) 
You're like, what are those romance things that you liked? What are the ones that you like? On Radish. Yeah, on Radish. That's what it was. That's a shout out to Textual Tensions, um, Marjorie yeah. and Rachel. They were they were getting the ads on their Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So like the problem is though with Radish is you have no clue what you're getting when you click on something. No. So like I had read a Faded Mates thing and I was like, okay, but it was basically like Sons of Anarchy but bears. <laughs> And like when I say it, it sounds really stupid, but like oh the actual writing of the story was really, really good. And you're like, oh wow! But there are some major inconsistencies between the seasons because they're all in seasons. Mm-hmm. And then the very last, like the latest one, was terrible. And I'm like, what happened to the author? And then I was like, oh, a pirate one. The pirate, the pirate one. I like pirates. So I read, I, I read fan fiction unabashedly. I read it in public. I also read some of the dirtiest, smuttiest. Um, they've got some that they're tagged as um, plot with porn. What plot kind of a thing? It's just porn. I read them in the fucking office. Mike, my coworker, will be sitting there, and I'll be reading Why? them because I don't care. Cause don't do that. He's talking, and I'm just reading. Sometimes you don't even know what you're getting into, and then it happens, and you're going, oh, just read that. It's fine. Um, I, I don't think I would want to do that. <laughs> I love fan fiction, and the reason for that is, is that it's giving people the opportunity to expand on what they think the character is. Or what should have happened. I know exactly. that there's a lot of corrective fan fiction. So much. And it became a huge, huge problem uh, when Star Wars started doing all of their spinoffs, which they're announcing a bunch more. But the problem is that there's tons of can't. Tons, tons and tons. Well, they can retcon a lot of it, and, and then it fucks everything up. Well, and there's inconsistencies within the canon portion. Mm-hmm. So people who are diehard fans get really upset, and it's like, I get it, but also... You know, that's just how it is. Do you want this to happen or not? There was, let me tell you how much, so we know I'm in the fandom, the Marvel fandom, there was so much Endgame Fix-It fic once that movie came out because everyone was pissed off about that movie. I'm still mad about it. Tony Stark dying, Steve Rogers, his entire storyline was saving his best friend. He saves him and he's like, peace out, I'm going back to World War II to be with Peggy. Ah, Okay, ah. Peggy is the love of his life. No, couldn't stand. He, he, it was implied that he had a relationship with her niece. Yeah, and which is technically now weird. his niece because he went back and. Do you see where the problem lies? Marty McFly problem. It was bad. Not a big fan. Yeah, there is some issues where you're like, but why would you do that? And I get it, but whatever. I do want to say that there are bits from the fan fictions written between um, Marcus and April uh, and some others because. You know, the guy that plays Cupid. I'm pretty sure it's Alex. Oh, my God. We need to talk about his version of fan fiction, though, because <laughs> it got out of hand. Cupid gets pegged in this one. <laughs> in, like, every single one. And then it was never explained as to why that's important. Because he is also, like, clearly head over heels with his... His keeper. Oh God! It was supposed to be like this dowdy, round, boring lady. I, I want. There's nothing wrong with that, but like, I want a book of them so bad. Even just her pegging. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be amazing. No, but I'm just saying. I I will say. I think one of the first things I did when I finally got a chance to read the book um, is I texted Cat and was like, "Oh my God." All of the parts that are talking about AO3 and, like, the headers for AO3, all your tags, everything, mm-hmm. was so on point. So, Olivia Dade, thank you for doing the research. Big kudos to you. Yeah, she definitely did the thing. Like, she yeah. did it right. And I do want to say, as a fanfic reader, there are authors who are still fanfic readers. There are authors who are fanfic writers. Um, Kat Sebastian, she reads a lot. She keeps a log of all of them she reads. She will willingly send you the spreadsheet with all of her favorites. She's great. Um, Christina Lauren, they started out as Twilight fanfiction authors. Ugh, Twilight's the worst. <laughs> I hate it so much. But they are some of my favorite romance authors. Oh, yeah, I like they them. I great just stuff. hate Twilight. <laughs> it is a special, good reason, special hate in my soul. Okay, but reserved for the Twilight. We have good reason for that. 
And we've always talked about why we don't like it, but we do respect that it is there and it did a thing. Someone tweeted, it's weird that Suzanne Collins has been silent even though her book is almost out. (laughs) I was like, oh no. Because uh, 2020. Oh, 2020 is the worst. So let's see. What else do we want to talk about? I mean, because I could talk about fan fiction for like literal days. Yeah, so I we already took it off my list. <laughs> um, do we want to talk about their alternate personalities? Well, it's on the list, so I assume we do. <laughs> I feel like we should do that now. Um. Well, this is okay. So this is more on the list, not to talk about making an online social media version of yourself, but the versions of themselves that they had, like, formed... In real life. For, like, survival. So, um, we find out that they both come from, like, difficult parents. And, like, everyone's like, my parents are difficult. But... Their parents were the worst. Their parents are, like, awful. So, um... Oh, my God. Sorry. April's mom is, like, bulimic. And her dad is just a giant asshole. And they treat her very poorly because she's fat. And um, so that has a lot to do with April's insecurities with dating and men and all this stuff, right? So that's why it's so important that April has worked really hard to be professional. Uh-huh. And then when she switches jobs to an office where the people are, like, open and caring and stuff, she's, like, really thrown. And she's like, oh, I guess I can, like, tell them things now. And they, like, celebrate it instead of hate on it. And so that's, like, her safety zone, or it becomes her safety zone because they're, like, willing to, accept, to listen accept and accept her. her as she is. Whereas Marcus <laughs> comes from family of educators who um, are scholars and they don't like anything that isn't accurate. like, private school Latin literature teachers, and they're, like... Stick up your ass tapes. Well, and then we yeah, have. It's not your ass. They have a, a whole situation too where they wanted Marcus to be this perfect child and he wasn't a perfect child to them and they didn't know how to handle that. His mom took time off to teach him and it wasn't working and he overheard them one night having a discussion about how much she hated it and it made him feel like it was his fault. So they've kind of created these, this alternate persona for themselves to mm-hmm. hide behind their trauma, if you will. Because if you're pretty, you don't have to know how to read really well or talk about facts about, you know, classic literature. And if you're really smart, you don't have to worry about being pretty is like the trade-off. Yeah. And that's, I think, why they worked so well together. Because Well, and the other thing too, fine. Marcus is pretty. He is smart. It's just that he's got a learning disability that gave him a hard time growing up. And honestly, dyslexia is something that's really difficult to to see in some people. Mm-hmm. And even though his parents were educators, it's very possible that they were very unaware and thought that he was just being defiant. Because boys often get labeled as defiant yeah. and lazy, whereas girls are more often diagnosed with that kind of a learning disability because girls are classically trained to be well-behaved in school. Yeah. And so when you're well-behaved and your focus isn't on a behavior redirection, you can pay more attention to that child's actual ability, which doesn't make it okay. No. It's not okay. Like, I have a student right now that I am fairly certain is dyslexic, and that's why he hates school. But when I bring it up with his, like, past teachers or even some current teachers... Like, I'm pretty sure so-and-so is, is dyslexic. Like, I talked to him about, you know, why he hates my class so much. Because he doesn't hate my class. He hates the reading portion, but I teach yeah. reading. Yeah. And they're like, I don't think that's it. He just doesn't want to do the work. He's trying to avoid it, blah, blah, And I'm like, I really don't think that's it. Because he'll have, like, a moment, because he's, like, way honest. And he'll have a moment with me sometimes where he's like, when I say I don't know, that means I need help. And I say, well, then you have to tell me that you need help, not I don't know. Yeah. You have to say, I don't understand this part. And then I'm like, oh, okay, we can work on that. And it's just, it's the labeling of it. It it had a big effect on Marcus. And he talks about creating his alternate personality. He talks about when he remembers making that a thing. And then he... Like a conscious choice. A, he made the conscious choice to do it. And then he remembers that he just never stopped doing it because it was safer 
And people ate it up. Yeah. And that was the other thing is like people stopped having super high expectations of him. And so in interviews and stuff, he didn't have to answer super deep questions about the content of what he was doing. He just had to talk about working out and his hair and his he could be He could be vain as opposed mm-hmm. to being intellectual. And they ate it up because he was handsome and he could do that. Yeah. And then there's the whole, you know, with April, she didn't want to have people know about her insane, absolute love for this TV show. Listen, I let everybody fucking know I'm a giant nerd. I, I don't even care. <laughs> I, I we we know this. This is just who I am, and I've never really hidden it. It's just who who I am. And for me to see her kind of hide that away, it was kind of frustrating because I obviously I don't live that. You know, I've never had to hide right. that portion of myself. I didn't have to be like, oh, you know what I really fucking love? Get me on some Captain America shit right now. You know, nothing like that. But she had to hide it because she felt weird about it. She didn't think people would understand her. Her mother doesn't understand her. Her father will never understand her because he's a dick. Fuck yeah. that guy. He's such a jerk. He is awful. He's terrible. And but- we'll talk about the parents here in a bit, but their alternate personalities were solely to save themselves from hurt. And I liked the way it was handled when they both came out and talked about that. And he talked about how it's just been a thing and he's always been that way, but he wants to change it. He just doesn't know when he's going to be able to do it. Now that the show is over, is that something that he can do? And he does, you know, at the end when they're at the con, at the convention. And he's like, well, here, this is what it is. And everyone was just like, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. He finally got a chance to be himself. Here's the deal. Bottom of the story. Bottom line is be yourself. Don't fucking hide it. It's stupid. It's a waste of time. If you're a giant nerd, let the nerd flag fly. And then find your people because they're they're out there. Oh, they're definitely out there. It was kind of disappointing to me, but not surprising, that there wasn't a true resolution with the parents on either side. Um, there was kind of a resolution for April. It was enough of a resolution with April for me to be happy about it. Because it was just frustrating, I think. Yeah. So let's, um, we're done with alternate personalities. You can mark that off the list. Let's talk about their parents. So let's go a little more in depth. So his parents, he is dyslexic. Um, he has this learning disability. He's been dyslexic his entire life and his parents are scholars and they, they just can't, they don't understand him and it's difficult for him. And then April has always been plus size and her mom is not happy with it. And she's constantly trying to push um, diets and exercise and, and don't eat that because then this will happen kind of right. a thing. Um, I saw this this article you should read kind of a thing. And it's because her father, when her mother had April, she had gained weight afterwards. Mm-hmm. He realized that he wasn't, he, she realized that he stopped taking her out. When she gained weight. But when she lost the weight, he started taking her out again. He does not like fat people. And he lets it be very well known. He won't take April. He stopped taking April when she was a kid and had gained weight. He's like, I'm not doing that. And it finally comes to a head. um, And I, I was so proud for her as a character to stand up to her mother and say, listen, I don't want to talk to him. He's a piece of shit. I don't want anything to do with him. And I don't want anything to do with you if you're going to continue to do these things. Yeah. And the fact that she was able to do that was actually really, really nice. Because I feel like we all have, at some point in our lives, had someone do something similar to us. The I think the big thing that I had an issue with was Marcus's parents. Because they did never... That's just who they are. They didn't give a shit. They didn't care. They have more of a problem with him in his profession than, like, anyone else. They weren't proud of anything he did. It is so confusing. They wrote that horrible article. Yeah. Instead of being like, that's our son and we're proud of him no matter what. However, this is the original source Mm -hmm. material kind of a thing. And it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. I think that we are lucky that we don't have parents like that at all. I mean, I think everyone has at some point a parent that's hypercritical or is difficult in their own right, but not nearly as much as these people. Yeah. Because 
what you choose is like your profession is completely up to you. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what anyone tells you or regardless of your parents' approval, it's, it's up to you. And whether or not you want to work your ass off, that's, that's up to you that's too. Up to you, yeah. And I think that's something that's really difficult for people to understand. Like there's a section in here where she thought he was suggesting healthy breakfast choices to her yeah. and like asking her to work out on their, on their date. And she like flipped out. And it's one of those things where it's like, it was so if we've been traumatized before. Yeah, it was so ingrained in her by her yeah. mother that it was just a misunderstanding. That's what he does. That's his morning. And he wanted to hang out with her some more. And right. it wasn't a, we should work out together. He was like, well, normally I have this for breakfast and I work out. And it was she weird because that. it was such a sharp turn because they had just been like fiercely making out. Yes. And she was like in his lap and stuff. And then she like got like that. And I was like, oh man. But that shows her insecurities. Oh, for sure. And Especially because it was weird. That was after they went to the museum on their date. And mm-hmm. she had just like blown his mind with all the stuff that she knew. Yeah. And then immediately shut down because of that comment. And it was like, wow, like all of this is happening and the description of it is the real feels mm-hmm. and just can't, can't do it. Yeah. I think too, though, it was really nice with that date at the museum because he explains that he's dyslexic and he has a hard time reading things and to, to not force him because his parents made him hate going to museums and she never forced him and she waited for him to finish reading and she was willing to tell him all these things because mm-hmm. she has like the weirdest job ever but also the coolest job at the same time no that's not a cool job okay but dirt samples like who even thinks they're gonna do that as their like job that sounds horribly boring but she knew it like when it came to how earthquakes happen she could tell him that because right. of the work that she does and I think that them together learning how to be around other people, her and her fatness and him with his dyslexia and learning to grow together really helped them because it wasn't just them learning to grow together as a couple, but learning to grow in themselves mm-hmm. without each other. Definitely. Um, let's talk about, um, we already talked about learning disabilities. You can mark that off. Do you want to talk about lying and losing friends? I feel like we've been there pretty recently. <laughs> we can. Um, I think we talked about this. Con- well, I mean, cons and cosplay, we'll get back to that at the end. Welcoming workplaces, you know, her finally getting a chance to be in a, a work environment that accepts her for who she is. That's pretty great. <laughs> well, I guess I'll... You can mark that one off, too. Get that one off there, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, lying and losing friends. So, the whole thing is, um, he has lied to April this entire time because he has known who April was from the very beginning. Okay. Was he right for doing it? No. No? I say yes. He was... Okay. I think here's where I have the problem. Okay. Okay, wait. So, <laughs> on their first fake date, he finds out that she's... She's um, unapologetic living in Right. And he's like, oh shit, that's my BFF from online. And then he wants to keep seeing her, but he doesn't feel like he can tell her that he's book Aeneas would never because he doesn't know that he can trust her yet, even though he trusts her online because she's still essentially a stranger because they don't know each other's And she's asking, she's asking Book Aeneas would never, if they want to meet when they go to the the convention. Yeah. Um, Gods of the Gates Con or whatever. And he, here's where I think it's wrong. Instead of continuing his friendship with her online, he drops her like a bad habit and it hurts her feelings. Right. Because he tries to replace himself with himself in real life. Right. And I didn't think that was right. Okay, I could understand that, but I also feel like he had a legitimate reason for not telling her. He had a lot more to trust. lose. Yeah, he had a lot to lose. To her. Um, not just with his acting career, because he can be in big trouble for some of the comments he makes about the show scripts. Mm-hmm. But as as a person, like if he's never truly trusted someone to know his secret, and then that person that he's trusted anonymously 
turns around and, like, tells everyone. That's, it's the same thing to me as, like, telling other people when someone is gay. Okay. Like, it's not your out st- should be totally up to you and it's your story. It's not your story to tell and kind of thing, yeah. When someone steals that moment from you, you don't get to handle it. Oh, God. I remember when I came out to you. I was a frantic text message. And I message. told you I know. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone told me they knew, and it's not what I needed, but it was fine. <laughs> my mom telling me she knew months later, because I didn't tell my mom. I didn't come out officially until, what, like, a month and a half, two months after. Because I, text, yeah. I texted you, and I texted Emma, and I was like, uh, realizing some things about myself. And you went, I'm aware. What can <laughs> yeah, I do? Jessica. <laughs> what can I do to help you? <laughs> Kind of a thing, but that's different. So my issue was that he, I get that, but he dropped her, him dropping her. Okay, so the the way he did it was rude. Yeah. Because he just cut her off and was like, I have to travel for right, blah, blah. I can't do And she like full on was like, I think my friend is lying to me and whatever. So I understand that portion of it. But I think for the overall end game of this. I think his hands were kind of tied because you don't trust someone after a first date to not destroy your life. Yeah. And someone who's famous who she didn't really trust because he could have been doing it just to spite people on the internet and he could have been doing it just to make a point. And she was really afraid that he was going to turn out to still be this douchebag that he was pretending to be instead. And I think that there's a lot of distrust there. That neither of them really it, it approached. It was well. some mishandled mistrust, and it was it was kind of hard to get through. But I do think that it did allow the two of them to grow more and closer together when they handled the situation. Did I agree with him ghosting her online? No. Oh, hell no. Do I understand why he did it? Yes. Yeah. Do I think he should have said something a lot sooner? Absolutely. When he realized that he was trusting her and was falling for her deeper than he thought. In their real life relationship? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. feel like he he could have said, I have something to tell I think you. his fear of being left was bigger than his fear of her being mad. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's I that. something that's really significant. Because, like, being mad at someone but still loving them is one thing. But being mad and leaving them mm-hmm. is something that's hard to handle. And that's what he had already dealt with. And she was aware of that. Yeah. And then she still did it. So. So, it. I mean, it... It was difficult for me to read through that, but I do think that they handled it okay. And uh, the fact that our big romantic gesture in this is that he finally just announces, because everyone knows that they're dating in real life. Um, She announces it to the friend group Mm -hmm. on the Discord, on the server, and um, they're still going to go to the convention. She's going to hope that she doesn't run into him because they have the falling out. They're not dating anymore. And she's doing a panel with another one of the actresses on the show. And someone in the audience, the first question is for April and not for the actress. And the question is, you know, my boyfriend and I are having a fight. Did Marcus date you as a publicity stunt? And she is trying to figure out how to answer that. during his panel. No, it was because it was both of their panels. She got asked something at hers, but yeah. he ran from his. T- no, because he didn't do a panel yet. Yeah, because he, Alex he, did the panel and he fucked it up. No, he had a panel. Did he? It's, listen, yes, I read it like he had a panel, and ago. the girl was like, "Me and my boyfriend are arguing." Oh, yeah. And then he was backstage at Summer's panel. Yep. Because April was the moderator, and then and then that was the, the next, chubby younger woman. Yeah. Who asked if it was real? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then. The grand gesture is that he actually comes out on stage and takes the microphone and is like, yeah, it was real for me. And it it meant more to me than what you guys think and kind right. of thing. And it was him just confessing and him being himself in front of everybody. Yeah. For once in his life. And just being able to live his truth. And that, that was a better grand gesture, I think, than a lot of the big, huge you know, grand overtures of, you know, declarations of love and Yeah, bullshit. we see that a lot. But yeah. this was a nice one because it was more personal. It was very, very personal. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It's very happy with it. Um, let's see. 
I think we're done. <sighs> what do you rate, spoiler alert, one out of five stars? Um, um, I'm going to rate this a 4.5. Okay. Um, there was a lot I liked about it. Mm-hmm. There was actually very little that I disliked. So, okay. um, but I do feel that there were some missing pieces for me. Like, it was still a complete story. Mm-hmm. But just there were some missing key things that I've come to expect from romance novels. <laughs> and I didn't get some of those. Okay. Which is fine. Yeah. It just wasn't my ultimate. Can't have them at all and everything. Yeah. Um, I gave it a five. Okay. Um, this is my favorite book of the year. And wow. I go ahead and say it. Um, we've read a lot in the year. Yeah. I have personally read a lot outside of the podcast. I'm a nerd. We've discussed it. I keep a fucking spreadsheet of every book I've ever read right. for the year. Um, I have read a total of 50, I believe. I finished 51 last night, and I'm starting book 52 right now. Um, this is my favorite book for the entire year. Um, it hit everything I wanted. I enjoyed every moment of it. It made me laugh. It made me cry. It made me want to be a part of a bigger fandom like that. I loved it. It was everything. Do I suggest you read it? Absolutely. 100%. Oh, yeah. It's definitely one I'd recommend. And for me, too, part of why I loved it so much is that I was able to see myself in April. Okay. Her being a big giant fan, her being plus size, her being closer to my age, mm-hmm. I was able to relate to her more than I have with a lot of the other romances that we've read. Okay, and that's fair, because we do have some where everyone's like 30 or below. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of them, I would say. Yeah, so that's my rating. I loved it a lot. Um, So our next book is Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. Yeah. It's actually our last one for the year. And yeah, it's funny is I looked in the back of this book, mm-hmm. and there's only one that we don't have listed to be read, and it's Bad Bachelor. Interesting. But the other three in there are ones that we either read already or will be reading. Huh. Isn't that weird? That is really weird. I didn't yeah. look at that. Yeah. I also didn't see the awesome fan art in the back. Yeah. That's adorable. Uh, so join us next time, next week, and that is... The episode, I believe, is supposed to be coming out on New Year's Eve. So join us in the last episode of the year of 2020 when we read Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. And remember, bad bitches, read romance. Bye!